Hi, and welcome back to Transvox. And uh, I'm delighted today to be joined by a new person. Ree Barosh is joining us. Now, those of you who are asking, where's Jen? Jen will be back next time, so don't worry about that. But it's an interesting opportunity to talk to someone from a different world, a different field. And um, Ree is all about the world of drag. And um, uh, Rian also is getting involved with the charity Beyond Reflections to do some interesting fundraising. And she has a, a one-person show that's going to be running around the UK. So we're going to talk about performance. We're going to talk about drag. We're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. But let's first of all welcome Ray to the show. Hey, Roy, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Gillian. It's lovely to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolute joy. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm Reba Roche. Uh, I use they them pronouns, or she has also great. Um, and I've been working over the last decade or so now. God, that makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> in in the world of music and and uh, live performance, and sort of on the fringes of comedy and theatre, and um, also drag. Um, yeah, so that's kind of what I do these days. Is kind of a mixture of all those things. So, so how do you, so it's interesting, you've already given me tons to talk about there. So, so tell me about the performance side, because, because I guess per, the performance world and drag sort of go together a bit again, or is that just a, a stereotypical uninformed approach or comment? I guess, I mean, I guess these days drag is such a, a nebulous world, which is one of the things that fascinates me about it the most. Um, I mean, l- last night I was part of a, uh, did the first instalment of a project that's being run with the John Hansard Gallery in, in Southampton, which is for a, a drag project that's kind of experimenting with um, kind of video technology and Zoom and kind of how we can use that to kind of inform the work that we do. So, and, you know, there's there's not just drag queens and drag kings, but there's drag creatures and and drag artists. And it's, it's, it's such a huge um, universe that you can inhabit, inhabit from so many different places now, uh, which is wonderful. Um, and I guess it's always been a space to be radical, to challenge things, to uh, speak truth to power, to uh, unsettle people, to make us think about what we have preconceived notions about, whether that is gender or the concepts of beauty, the the concepts of power, the concepts of kind of self-ownership and self-authorship. So there's there's so much that you can do with it. And I think that's what's attracted to me. It attracted me to it um, and why I feel it's such an exciting space to be working in. So what what attracted you? I mean, I suppose we should say what drag really is, but you sort of said a little bit about that. Is there anything you, that's worth expanding on what it really means and where it's from and such like? Yeah, sure. So so if you've never come across drag before, you're, you have no concept of what that is. I mean, historically, I believe the term came from, uh, I believe it could have been as early as the 1800s, um, where you would have people who would go along to kind of fancy balls and they would be, I suppose, what you would call um, AMAB people, assigned male at birth, who would wear these big, long, flowing dresses that would literally drag on the floor as they walked. And I believe that's where the term came came from. Um, so it's, it's I suppose it's always had this element of, yeah, like, like, like kind of challenging sort of society's um, kind of perceptions of people. Um, and has been uh, for a long time uh, a wonderful space to to support and uplift the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, but basically, basically, nuts and bolts term, drag is, I suppose, stepping into a a, a gender performance, and that doesn't have to be, you know, like a, a 
a, a, a male person um, impersonating a female. It could be um, an assigned female at birth, drag queen, um, you know, kind of impersonating their idea of femininity and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the, the, the same kind of vice versa. Or it can even be kind of inhabiting some kind of a creature, whether that's sort of a, a mythical creature or an alien creature. Um, so, yeah, so to try and boil it down to as, as sort of a succinct a, a definition as I can, I guess it's it's a it's a it's performing um, kind of the ways we can express ourselves as human beings. I suppose that's the simplest way to put it. Yeah, that's really interesting because um, I'd heard the story. Uh, I don't know, it was uh, one of these urban myths things that it was like a Shakespearean term, sort of dressed as a girl, because you noticed that in the in the oh. female costumes they dressed it. Well, now I don't know if it's just you know one of those urban myths or something, but <laughs> but it, but it was interesting because you said the same thing that drag and some some form of performance is linked together. So it's and it's and and I guess it's that that element of performance. If you're having creatures and such like, it's that element of performance that's fetched apart from people who cross dress or you know who do that that sort of simple dressing as as, as a different gender. But it's not about performance; it's about something else. So drag really and performance is linked together. Is 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 that really at the heart of it? I, I believe so. I'm sure everyone mm. will come to it with their own definition, but I feel it's it's very performative and like i think that's where i found a lot of confidence really through it because it really allows you to take a part of yourself that perhaps otherwise would feel quite i don't know um disempowered or vulnerable in society so um you know being a gender fluid person oftentimes if i you know go out in the street in clothing that people don't think i should be wearing i'm you know that that puts me a potential risk for for uh negative comments or a slurs but in drag kind of personally i feel invincible when i do drag because it's kind of it's allowing me to step into the most heightened version of myself and kind of the parts of myself that i would i suppose in everyday life feel a bit more hesitant or reticent um but then over time i've heard other drag performers talk about this you know the more that you do it in that performance the more that that you let those deep and sort of dark parts of yourself out in the public sphere, the more you feel able to let those out in your everyday as well. So it's, it's, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird combination of like, you know, just a space to be perform and be fun and silly, but also has a real, I think, mental health and kind of positive um, sort of self-acceptance for a lot of people. And, and well, that's, and that's a good enough reason in itself, isn't it? So, so that's quite interesting. And I think probably what, I mean, forgive me, because I know it's necessarily not the most popular thing to say, but I, I mean, my exposure to drag came through RuPaul and the uh, the drag races and such like that. And and the, and the thing that struck me was that there's a huge sense of community. And the mm. second thing is that there are sort of there are sort of there's queens about or kings about looks, some about comedy, some about theatre, some about you know you know there sort of seems to be various sort of themes. And um, and the next thing is, of course, you've all got the most amazing names. <laughs> and uh, and I think there's quite a lot of uh, there's quite a lot of chat about how people come to names. They usually they usually have some sort of punnery attached attached to them, don't they? So I just wonder where where this sort of quirkiness in the name department came from. Yeah, that's um, I mean, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think yeah. If you're going to be worth worth your salt in in the drag world, I think it's it's all about the puns. Um, but then I think a lot of them have um, sort of personal meaning as well, like. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, one of my favorite drag performers is is Bimini Bambulash, which is for one amazing ridiculous name, but yeah. the words 
the name Bimini was actually a name that um, their mum was considering calling them were they to have been um, born born female, basically. Yeah. And, and for me, my drag performing name is Haria Hazaway. That's H-A-R-I-Y-A-H-A-Z-A-Way. Um, and a similar story for me, because it was a name I was considering changing my name to um, sort of over the years. And... Um, and then like kind of has a way is just, I suppose just a riff on kind of, you know, sort of classic kind of feminine names like Hathaway and that kind of thing. So, um, so I think, I think it, it kind of comes, everybody has a different approach to it. Like, um, and, uh, yeah, there were some wonderful, ridiculous, um, drag names. I think one of, one of my favorite performers and names as well is Cheddar Gorgeous, yes. um, which is just wonderful, wonderful pun. Um, and I suppose from the off then it is kind of, really accepting that sense that you are making fun of yourself and yeah. um and doing that in an in an empowering way um and like like you like you um touched on and explained really well um you come into this space and there's going to be people with all different kinds of strengths you know people who are really good at the look and the fashion people are really good at the comedy people who are somehow able to it, uh, encompass all of, all of those things at once it's um it's kind of yeah something that it's in a very very exciting place at the moment i think it's it's been out of fashion for a while and has come back into vogue like the last like five ten years because of things like RuPaul's Drag Race which I know I think a lot of people in the LGBTQI plus community have an issue with because yeah. RuPaul over the years has has not been the most despite uh his roots as a as a punk performer that's kind of how he started out in the 80s and then came to massive prominence in the 90s he's not been the most ready to platform people from um from other communities within the LGBTQI plus community. So it, it took him a long time to have, you know, transgender people on, on the, on drag race and, um, and uh, non-binary performers. And um, that has come on leaps and bounds, but then there's also the ongoing debate of, well, can you have drag Kings on drag race? Is that okay? And there seems to not be a, an option at the moment, which is a massive shame because it's kind of really pigeonholing what, what drag should be celebrated as. And of course there's, as we've been talking about, there's all different kinds of way of ways of doing it. And um, there are ongoing issues within the drag community. I know from speaking to other drag performers, particularly AFAB drag drag performers, assigned female, female at birth, having mm. a hard having a hard time because they're yeah. not as as readily accepted as um as AMA performers are. So it's it's by it is it is as you said earlier it is a wonderful community space and it is really built on community and uplifting other people but there are still there is still work to be done yeah and I, and, and you said that really i find that quite interesting in the parallels between the sort of sounds world and the, the level of activism and then you've got sort of big names well you certainly got i've always thought that rupaul's major objective was not to create a platform but just actually create, get rich and um, and and actually, is a brilliant example of someone who has, with self determination and you know degree of selfishness and commercial acumen and such like, has done that. And in a funny sort of way, that's the lesson to learn. Because actually, being rich and happening to be happening to be in drag is like being rich and happening to be trans. It's sort of it sort of doesn't have to define you. So, so what's interesting is it's interesting that people would think that RuPaul would be at the forefront or the vanguard of drag activism because there's no way they can do that. They're really sort of being activists with the masses rather than with the people at the front. And and I, mm -hmm. and I, and and you have to admire the people at the front because the people in the front, the trans world and the drag world, are the people that really have enormous fortitude, 
fire, passion, it, usually huge intellect, and they're really out there taking massive risks. And, and where do you mm. see, because of course, obviously in America, and to a certain extent less here, but in America, the, the cause of the drag world has really been set back recently. Um, mm, mm. It's It's been, it, it, again, it's this thing about picking on minor communities or marginalized communities, left or there, and sort of making an example of them and, mm. uh, you know, highlighting drag, drag story time hours and such like. So, mm, so, mm. Do you think that's a necessary pushback to the progress that's being made, or do you think that's something else that's going on? I think that kind of pushback seems to be going on because, well, obviously in in the US, they've had a real, you know, forefront resurgence of very very right wing um, politicians mm. being 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 in power and um, being uplifted which is very concerning and it, so it doesn't sadly doesn't surprise me that the kind of like drag bands like in Tennessee have come into place though I think some of them are being rolled back from what I've heard which is which is good news or like they're being it's it's very it's, it's, it's being very complicated for them to be upheld in court um yeah. because because they're so vague basically what they're trying to say is that, you know you can't you can't um you know perform as the other gender which as you say, there's a there is an, an inherent link in a way between the drag and the trans community, um, because because of that sort of thing in the law, that does mean, as people have pointed out, that you could argue, well, then you can't be trans and be out in public in these states if mm. you if if that's what you're going to define as as a problematic uh, breaking the law issue of performing the other gender. You you know, it's it really is a frightening thing that puts it puts into the power of individuals who essentially have no have no support or concern for the rights of anyone from the LGBTQI plus community, let alone um, drag performers or, 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 or trans people as separate and also linked communities. It does, it does that kind of vagueness is really terrifying. But um, what's been good to see is that it, these, these attempts to kind of introduce what I would argue, you know, very fascist practices are being, uh, are struggling to make it through the, to the law courts and yeah. struggling, struggling to come into place. And um, I've seen, rumblings of the same things in a, in a much more white minor way in the uk um right. but you know people trying to trying to block like drag story times and that kind of thing and um and it it, it yeah it does um it does make you concerned uh you know as as part of part of those communities but i and um you know with 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 every progress that that you make i think there's always going to be the chance that someone's going to come along and try to roll back that progress so on the one hand you have to kind of acknowledge that we have come a long way um and these kind of these kind of forks in the road where people are trying to turn things backwards do iterate to you how far you've come yeah um, so and, that's I think that, all... and that's important isn't it and you know you might argue that social change is three steps forward one step back three steps forward it, you know, it sort of goes like that if you look at disabled rights for example it's been very similar uh, yeah and you know all the big fuss about you know making working accommodations around business that would you know that would never happen that can't be happen that would be terrible and then it just happens and just everybody gets on with it but i think mm. it's interesting because in the states are getting into this perception that well actually what what could gendered people wear so now they're having conversations to say well actually if you're in if, if you're a fab, you know, there are certain things you can and can't wear. I mean, I don't know what it is about British people. Uh, I can't see them, you know, with our fashion consciousness actually accepting that. <laughs> so, you know, because actually walk down the majority of the world, you know, the streets these days, you would have you know, real problems working at, at the gender of people based on their clothes. So so that's 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 the ludicrousness of it. And, and I think you're right. I think the fact that it's we all suddenly shot to prominence 
it, they bec- we, you become a target, which is the thing that you're moving forward. So you get Absolutely. knocked back a little bit, but then you've got you've hopefully built bridges and then people who will support you. And I think in this country, we've got this long tradition of uh, female impersonators. I mean, Danny LaRue, uh, well before your time, uh, and um, um, what's his face, the Scottish comedian, and Dick Emery, and pantomime dames, and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. For us, mm. for us, and that's and that's very tied to this idea of performance, and very tied to this idea of safety, don't you? And you see. Drag stars now on, you know, I don't know, you know, terrible ITV mid-afternoon quizzes because people just seem <laughs> to accept it now because it's a performance art, isn't it? That's the thing. Absolutely. And yeah, like, as, as you pointed out, it's been in the culture for so long. I mean, there are, there are so many examples from, 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 from the last century and the century before of, you know, really popular uh, drag performers who, who challenged um, or, or kind of satirized, um, you know, gendered gendered norms and gendered behaviors, and people people will love for it. I think where people seem to, I guess, try to push back at it is when it seems to become too strong in the culture, too much a part of the culture, yeah. and and um, not something that can be that can be be laughed at quite so readily. I think um, because, as you said, you know, we've we've uh, yeah, people people make the point. I think when when these kind of laws are at the risk of coming in or coming through you know well you you loved mrs doubtfire you know you yeah. you lo- you've loved pantomime dames for you know for 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 for, cent- for centuries you know kind of what what is the issue that you currently have now and it does seem to center around the fact that it's um it's uh it's not just for fun for you know and and that yeah. there is a pa- there is a power element to it and the fact that that um the drag performers are able to really uplift and uh and showcase the the wonderful things about the LGBTQI plus community. I think that's what does 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 threaten some people, and um, why they do, particularly at the moment, have such a, an incredible social uh, acumen. You know, and 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 so, um, thankfully, a lot of them um, drag performers I'm aware of in this this country are using that. You know, standing up to the the current Tories' attempts to roll back on trans rights and being very active and vocal about that. And um and the and the more I think that um that these kind of performers are accepted as part of um you know uh the mainstream uh culture in the one hand it's a bit jarring because like because to me drag is a is a very radical sort of uh a space for protest and challenging power but you know if yeah. it can also be accepted into the mainstream that's wonderful because that shows that um that what we're trying to do um i suppose isn't so you know you always want to make people in power uncomfortable but you don't want to kind of feel that you you are by def by default being pushed to the edges of society you know so it's yeah so much, i think much, there's, there's a lot to be there's a, there's a lot yeah there's a, thank you yeah there's a lot to be there's a lot to be positive about at the moment mm. that's great and it's interesting to see you know uh, for me we're all under the same sort of umbrella here you know and uh, i think sometimes we can get a bit too militant about different areas of uh the gender spectrum and the spectrum and how we work together and such like it's you know we're all we're all in this unique space and you know we're all here to help each other and um so tell us a little bit about your performance art. What is this? What is it that you do, and and such like in your shows and such like? Yeah, yeah, I love to. So um, the show I'm, I'm I'm working on at the moment um, is um, which is going to be touring in November. Um, is essentially uh, it is a it's a it's a drag music comedy theatre show which centres largely around quantum physics and. <laughs> um things to things in the quantum world which is i think uh always gets a laugh because people people think what what are you talking about Ray? um 
and it just it just kind of I stumbled upon this because I was at one of the same time fascinated with the the slowness in this in the UK to recognize a third or neutral gender. Um, many countries around the around the world have them. Um, f- for example, Malta, um, I believe, I think it was, I think it was either Holland or Belgium recently recognised like kind of the first like non-binary uh, gender yeah, right. n- neutral birth certificate. Yeah. Um, uh, but in the UK, it's been stymied for a long time. There've been multiple campaigns over the last ten years, which have which have got nowhere. Um, so I was very frustrated about that. And then I, at the same time, I was also starting to read into quantum physics as an amateur enthusiast. I just found it very fascinating. And the more I read into it, particularly subjects around like the concept of superposition, uh, which for those who don't know is kind of quantum mechanics shows that on a sort of a subatomic particle level, so basically the smallest possible observable particles in the universe, um, in the quantum world, they don't seem to behave as we expect particles to do. So for, for a long time in scientific practice, up to people like Albert Einstein, particles were expected to be able to be in one state or the other. Whereas through quantum experiments, um, kind of delving deeper into their, I suppose, their sort of molecular level, they're observed to be able to do multiple things at once. Yeah. And this has perplexed and fascinated people sort of ever since. And Albert Einstein was very annoyed by this progress made on his work because he believed particles would be predictable. Then his uh, predis- his um, successors like uh, Niels Bohr and people since have been showing and trying to understand why the evidence is showing the contrary, that there seems to be a lot more going on here. And to me, that spoke very beautifully to the idea of gender fluidity and and, and being non-binary and even transgender, yes. the, the idea that point. you... Yeah. The idea that you can be multiple things at once. It's and also there's also the element of observation changing the states of particles, um, yeah. which which you can read so much into about the way that we are seen in the world. You know, it doesn't matter how much I believe myself to be a gender fluid person. If someone looks at me and they only can in their eyes see a man or a woman, I can't control that. So there's all, so many interesting things there. And that kind of built the basis for this show and um, made me really... F- fascinated to try and explore through drag which as i said i think is a very forgiving wonderfully permissive space um i felt that was kind of possible and so um i've been on this this bizarre wonderful trajectory of of getting deeper and deeper into the um the elements of the show particularly quantum physics i had an arts council bid accepted which was um kind of gave me even more um impetus and and um, financial support to to develop the themes more and i've been working with some amazing organizations uh one of which is pride in stem who are a charity that raises awareness and supports lgbtqia plus scientists and advocates in parliament as well and i've been having support with them to develop elements of the show which focus on quantum physics so that they are as robust and well researched as possible and also introducing new things i hadn't possibly thought of and i've also been working with um some youth projects, uh, youth charities in Hampshire and Bristol uh, with Breakout Youth and Freedom, who are part of OTR, and um, doing some sessions with their young people to uh, do a theatre-based workshop and also explore some of the themes in the show and really try and put young LGBTQIA plus voices at the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. So it's been a it's been a really wonderful journey that, um, you know, I kind of, um, I've been doing, doing, doing this kind of stuff for Gillian for like almost 10 years now. And um, I never thought when I started out, you know, performing in in bands and sort of uh, trying to muddle my way into the um, creative industry that I'd ended up doing a, a drag show about quantum physics. But here we are. And so what's it where? So tell us where it's going to be and what what an evening with you might 
be like? It's, I mean, is it going to be a heavy scientific lecture, or is there going to be <laughs> skits? I mean, what? Tell us, tell us, what's the what's the what's the sensation? What's going to be like? But, um, yeah. So, so I'll talk about the, the the sort of how the show is going to go, and then then where we're going to be taking it. So, um, so basically, it's an it's an hour it's an hour long kind of fringe show, and um, essentially. It's a, it's it's con- combining music and and comedy and there's a there's sort of a, a story a story arc to it and there will also be elements of quantum physics in the show there will be like kind of live demonstrations with audience participation about how certain experiments work and it's basically me trying to make as but so I suppose it's two things at once I'm trying to make a drag show more explicitly educational right not the drag isn't not the drag isn't educational in its own way of course it is but I mean. It's not the first people think they don't think they're going to learn about science when they go to a drag show, which I love the idea of challenging that or have making a space to challenge that. So there's there's that. And then on the flip side of that, I'm trying to make a a show that incorporates science as entertaining as possible. So sort of yeah. trying to do these these two things at once, make it make it entertaining and fun and silly and, um, you know, just really good time and an uplifting story for people while also trying to sort of educate if i can if i can if i can say that yeah. and and introduce introduce this wonderful world which i found so fascinating and and perplexing and mystifying um introduce it to somebody who would normally not be interested in it or would think it too inaccessible because i think mm-hmm. that's the thing i found researching into it and being supported to do so by people like pride and stem is that it is hard to get your head around but it's it's totally possible to go there and, and i think it does it's a it's a it's an area of science that is I think is particularly forgiving because there's so much about it that we just don't know that we that we can kind of come into it with that kind of curious excitement because even scientists who are working in that field have that curious excitement still because they're still working it out as we go because it's it's um it's just such a such a vast nebulous sphere um so that's what I'm trying to do really is um is ent- ent- entertain and educate if I if I if I can if I can yeah so so it sounds like there's a version for school kids and there's a version for the late night audience because I can imagine that the same subject could be because you'd have to it'd be hard to have that show for just every age group because that would be a real challenge but especially uh, late at night wouldn't it yes that is that is that's a very good point so um so as as part of the um the arts council project I I've um as I said I worked with um LGBT groups um. And um, my goal is is to be able to seek more funding to be able to give um, those young people tickets if they want them to come see the show, uh, because they they've been a direct part of of developing it, um, and that was very important to me. So yes, there will be the times where I'm aware that uh, there will be young people in the audience of a certain age where I'll have to kind of you know adjust the script, shall we say, because um because I want it I want it to be accessible, but you know I also it's also working in 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 the drag uh, space which is is famous and synonymous with um you know kind of salaciousness and and um and uh you know kind Eels. of uh, yes exactly with with a, with us with a, with, a, with a certain kind of humor as well so it's 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 it's, yeah. it's a hard line to toe particularly in um you know 10 inch stilettos but um it's wow um... seriously <laughs> 10 inch I've not measured them for quite some, for a while, so after I to, maybe, maybe they maybe they've been worn down by years of years of use and abuse. Um, the boards, yeah. And and so um and so where where are you where are you going on the tour? Where does it start? Where which sort of places are you going? Um, so we're starting second uh, of November 
at the village in Soho, which is a really historic LGBT uh, venue, which is a lovely place to start. And um, we're take it's largely going around the south of the UK um, with one date up north, which is going to be in Whitley Bay. Uh, near Newcastle. No, seriously. Yeah. Goodness me. Not the Spanish city, I hope. <laughs> That's just through it. Um, it's a place called Laurels in um, Whitley Bay, which is um, it's just a small fringe, fringe theatre. Just because, you know, the way these things go, you meet somebody on a project and and um, they, you know, kind of put you in touch with someone. I just happen to work with uh, Jamie Eastlake, who runs that theatre. He's a wonderful, wonderful man and creative in his own right. And um, he, he programs some fantastic stuff up there. So that's hence why the tour itinerary looks a bit uh wonky with this with this one day up north but uh the most most of the rest of them are down south so we've got um we've also got bristol and bath and exeter and uh bournemouth it's gonna be a date in pool as well to be announced uh working on a date in southampton and uh can go to the isle of wight as well and uh i think that's all off the top of my head um just throughout the months of november we're um hoping to do as well uh, Saturday the 18th of November is Pride in STEM Day so a day for celebrating um, you know the LGBTQI plus community in STEM and in science and um, we're working on doing a show to commemorate that which will be kind of a coming together of performers like myself who are working in STEM areas and uh, um, uh, for the 18th um, so yeah, I've just announced the tour, uh, as we're speaking today on the 7th of, uh, 7th of July and, uh, really excited for what we've got planned. Um, and hopefully going to be announcing some more in the coming weeks. And, Brilliant. um, and yeah, as you, as you touched on earlier, Gillian, we're going to be doing, um, a fundraiser as a sort of a joint venture, uh, between Beyond Reflections and myself to raise some money for, for my tour, but also to raise money for Beyond Reflections and the fantastic work you do. And that's going to be a 12-hour marathon live stream on wow. Monday, the 4th of September. Which... Fantastic. Can you imagine that? It's going to be absolutely brilliant. And so what might happen on that on that day? Any thoughts about what might happen on the on that day and the live stream? Other yeah, so than it's going needing to... lots of liquid refreshment? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be hosted by the Art House, which is a wonderful um, community space in Southampton, which has been a long-standing ally and supporter of the LGBTQIA plus community. And um, they're going to be supporting us on that day. And it's going to be hosted by myself and going to try and make it as little of a filibuster um, with just me as possible and get in um, performance from the local area, uh, members of the LGBTQIA plus community, and um, also partner organizations um, sort of to come and talk about the work that they do. So we're Hoping to be able to host some of your wonderful, wonderful colleagues and partners at Beyond Reflections um, to talk about the wonderful work they do, and um, and yeah, so it's essentially going to be a a, a twelve hour marathon of of music and, and comedy and um, and performers from the arts and also talks from from the LGBTQI plus community, and um, yeah, just essentially just trying to trying to create a positive, creative, um, fun space and and um, all all support um, for that will be wonderfully appreciated. Brilliant. Well, okay. what we'll do is we'll um, we'll link your dates into our show notes for this show, and uh, which would be great. And we'll link the fundraiser, uh, the the twelve hour marathon, into the date show as well. And uh, we'll update that as time goes on. I've already just looked at my diary. November the fourth. I need probably to come and translate for you in Whitley Bay. 
because I do speak the local <laughs> lingua franca. You may need protecting <laughs> well, a, a Geordie audience if you don't have a couple of Geordie phrases. So I shall make sure you can say how are the lads and doing the tune and things like that, so you're safe. And um, I mean, it Wonderful. sounds absolutely well, brilliant. And and I love I love the work you're doing. I love um, you know how you link it. It's all it's always tickled me as someone who's been fascinated actually in the quantum world myself for many years. That um, how the language has changed and how you know what you things. I remember the old program, the Quantum Leap, which was meant to be, which meant to mm. be a big leap. It means it was a very tiny leap, because uh, actually quantum is the art of the small, isn't it? And yet we often think of the, the quantum as being quite large. And I think that the ambiguity is wonderful when you think of non-binary. It's really, it's really how do you hold these different concepts at the same time in your head and and sort of sit with that you know, that really amb- amb- ambiguous sort of idea. I love it. I think it's a really brilliant analogy. I'm so impressed. Yeah, well, thank like, you. I mean, the best thing to do for Ree is to rock up to the shows, um, come and le- listen in on the, on the, um, on the fundraiser, splash some cash, support Ree's work, because obviously it's brilliant. And, um, and just wish you all the best. And hopefully you'll drop back and see us uh, maybe later on, tell us how the tour's going. Absolutely, would love to, Julian. It's been lovely chatting to you. Brilliant. You take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Transvox. It's been a joy to have you with us. Um, if you want to um, make contact with us, you can contact us at Gillian at transvox.co.uk. And if you'd like to support the work we do, please go to Patreon and go to the page Transvox. And all of our money goes to our nominated charity. And Jen, you've chosen the charity for the next number of episodes. Which one have you chosen? Our charity is called Beyond Reflections, which is a charity that provides support and counselling to trans people, non-binary people and their friends and their families across the UK. An amazing charity doing some amazing work, really important. So please, if you can give. Great. And if you want to go and have a look at Beyond Reflections, it's beyond-reflections.org.uk. And, uh, but as I say, if you'd like to make a contribution to what we're doing, because we love to help the people who help us. Uh, again, if you've got ideas for um, the show, things you'd like to ask us, questions, comments, applause. Or- Until the next time, goodbye.